Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our everyday lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, (laughs) you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate and supportive environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. Today, we're chatting about a post um, which just came out on the t- um, actually the 11th on Wednesday, um, concluding our public series announcement um, series with the 10th of uh, 10 messages that I've created over the last year or so. Um, so I'm going to jump right into the post. So over a year ago, I started creating a series of public service announcements about grief, specifically These are concepts to consider when forging our own healing path. The intention behind the public series announcement series is to provide some basic tools to help you navigate your new normal while also providing insights for folks who've never had to grieve, in parentheses yet, (laughs) so they can more effectively show up for us when we are grieving. These are pearls of wisdom that I hope can help others, even if in just the smallest, smallest way. Today, I will conclude the series by sharing the 10th of these PSAs, which is that grief is not a problem to be solved. But first, here's a recap of the nine that we've already reviewed. And I would uh, add a comment here, which is that if you use the search function on the website at lisamcfarland.com under the blog section, you can actually find each one of these posts. Um, I will go ahead and share the date after the title of each. Um, but they're pretty easy to find uh, on the website. So the first is that time does not heal all wounds. That was from March 22nd, 21. Second, when you lose someone, it never goes away. That was from April 3rd, 21. The third is that the experience of grief can be welcomed without welcoming the loss itself. That was from Cinco de Mayo last year, 5521. Number four, There is no right thing to say. That's from July 16th of 21. Number five, some of us want to talk about it. That's from August 21 of last year. Number six, learn two or three important dates. This was about the importance of if we're grieving to honor, you know, birthdays, dates of passing, anything else that might be um, relevant and particularly if the person was married um, and somebody died to also get to know that 
um, anniversary date so that you can help support others. But if it's you that you're supporting, then the idea here um, on number six, learn two to three important dates is to honor those dates for yourself and for your lost loved one. So again, that was number six, learn two to three important dates. And this was from September 28th, 21. Number seven, <laughs> holidays suck. <laughs> That's a short stop. Um, November 18th of 2021. Number eight, there is no path to healing, but the one we build ourselves. This was an incredibly um, interesting post. One, uh, January 24th of 22 this year. And number nine, I shared in March, we made the best decisions we could with the information we had at the time. This is especially for people who had to make end-of-life decisions for their loved one. Um, that was from March 8th, 2022. And then today, grief is not a problem to be solved, May 11th. The 10th PSA in our grief series is that grief is not a problem to be solved. I take a deep, respectful bow toward any grieving heart when I share this, because hearing it when you are in despair, hell, can feel pretty offensive and even insensitive, and that is not what's intended here. What's intended is sh to share the relief that can come with receiving and acting on this information that we are not trying to solve a problem here. It, it really can bring peace to a grieving heart that maybe never thought it could smile again. From the moment I had a miscarriage in 1994, and from the moment my daughter Alexis died in 1997 at 13 months, and from the moment my son Emmanuel died in 2002 on the day of his birth, there was this heavy, intense pressure to move on. The healing equation was pretty simple as it was taught to me in direct and indirect ways by my culture, and that is this. Uh, grieving is bad. <laughs> Moving on is good. But this equation is nonsense. I've mentioned in many posts the life-changing statement I heard from Glennon Doyle, author and uh, podcaster. There's a link to Glennon Doyle's site in the post. In 2020, she said, pain is like the receipt we have for loving. Why would we want to give that away? So yeah, that changed me. And I, I've posted about this quote before because I never heard... I'd never been around anyone that actually honored our pain in the way that this statement kind of does. And so it was earth shattering for me. So when we're grieving, we learn this golden rule quickly that grief is something to be fixed. And the faster we quote unquote move on, the better. This isn't uniquely my experience, but nearly everyone I speak with about grief understands this gold standard rule about death, that grief is a problem to be solved. When I heard Glennon's words, they washed over me like a tidal wave. It was the first time I had heard anyone intimate that grieving wasn't a process to be concluded, but rather a permanent part of us that should be honored, welcomed, and integrated. After more than two decades of working so hard to quote-unquote move on, I had this aha moment, which led me to realizing how loving, rather than fighting, this approach to my grief could be. Instead of running, numbing, and suffering in isolation and regret, I could open the curtains and let it all be here. Spoiler alert, and uh, just a heads up, it was pretty overwhelming at first to let the grief have a place at my table. 
I'd resisted, ignored, muffled, denied, shunned, shamed, disrespected, resented, and stomped my grief down so deeply that when I changed my approach and welcomed it, (laughs) there was just so much pain. It was as if 20 years of despair rolled over and through me all at once. So I would say this, architecting the best way to make this transition for yourself is really another chat altogether. But for this chat, I just want to focus on the idea that we can stop working so hard to hide our grief and ourselves and let grief be as much a part of us as our lost loved ones or singular, if you're lucky. Uh, So I realize this is a bit of a revolutionary concept. If like, for me, you've been trying to solve your grief problem since the funeral of a loved one. But again, it's not grief's not a problem to be solved. And it's not bad. And moving on is not good. Unless we're doing so with integrity, which means literally bringing all things together as one, as we're allowing our grief to take its earned place in our lives. I'm not suggesting we should have a party because it feels so good to allow grief to exist. It really doesn't. It still feels terrible. But as mentioned, and as mentioned, if you've never been introduced to this concept, it can be really painful and debilitating to allow the grief floods gate, floodgates to open. So at a minimum, this is not a shift anyone should make without trusted support, like a close friend, family member, or therapist. But as with all good floods, they can't sustain themselves. The grief pours in at an undigestible rate and maybe tips our lives upside down even. But after the flood, just a steady stream of grief can quietly take its place in our lives. And as long as we let that current flow, the dam won't back up again. So if you're grieving or supporting someone who is, try meditating on this concept just thinking about it a bit before doing anything with it. The transition from grief is bad to grief is welcome is part of our part of forging our healing path. Um, but it's a pretty big leap and it takes time. So we want to give ourselves all the support that we need um, because we can't make that switch overnight. So just knowing it's possible is an invitation worth responding to. And again, I just would say if you're new to this concept of letting it all be as it is, it can be a lot in the beginning, but I can share with you that my experience is once that stream is flowing steadily instead of backing up like a dam waiting to break, um, it's just more manageable and it just makes sense. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. And I'm grateful to have this opportunity to really wrap up what was, you know, about a year project, just trying to look at some basic ideas that if you've never suffered a, you know, tragic or profound loss, or maybe just even an an, an expected one, if it's an older person, um, if you've never gone through it, you'd have no way to know what it's like. You just don't. I know I didn't. I know others don't. And even in our unique idiosyncratic experiences, just because we talk about pain doesn't mean that yours is like mine or that mine is like yours. Um, but these bigger concepts that I listed, one through 10, they just seem to give us a, a foundation, a place to start and some some things to consider um, 
whether or not we're the ones grieving or if we're supporting someone who's grieving, just know. I mean, things that are really helpful if you're supporting someone uh, who's in pain is just to know that there's no right thing to say. Like when my children died, there's no there's no right thing to say. So saying, you know, Alexis is in a better place or she's not suffering or saying, you know, that Emmanuel died because he didn't have a body that could sustain him. I actually don't give a shit about those things and they're not helpful. Um, this is just one example. This was the number four. There's no right thing to say. That was from July 16th of 2021. Just knowing that as a, as a bystander um, is, is helpful, right? Because then you can say, you can use that information to support your loved one by saying, you know, I know there's probably no right thing to say, but I just want to let you know that I'm here, you know, for example, so grief is not a problem to be solved. And as we go through these ideas, my hope is that they'll somehow bring at least the inkling of this invitation to open to the grief. I swear, I was so good at compartmentalizing and playing my roles and keeping them separated. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I probably could have gotten some kind of an acting award, but even then with 10 20, 25 years, um, to be able to end the struggle. It's just been, it's been transformative. It's been monumental. It has changed the way I see, do, feel, and live everything. So if you can even dip your toe into this idea, I just welcome you. And also back to that no right thing to say idea, that number four from July 16th, you know, we need to know that as grievers too, because we might have a tendency to feel like, ugh, you know, why did he say that? Or like, ew, she shouldn't have said that. Or like, ew, th like that, like you should, that was the wrong thing to say. And I think that as we grieve and we give ourselves some space and some compassion, we need to extend that to the people around us also, because they have no idea how to interact with us, especially if it's a tragic loss. Um, which is something that, you know, we define for ourselves, not something I would define here, but, you know, unexpected early life, tragedy, illness, whatever it might be, people in general, they have no language and no skills on how to be present to us. So try to be as gracious and accepting of the support that you receive from others as you are from the way that you're now trying to support yourself and just know that no one's trying to hurt you. No one, us. I mean, no one's trying to upset us. No one's trying to, they just didn't know what to do. So let's give them some grace as we give ourselves that same grace. And together, we can really kind of interwork these principles in our daily lives and see if life is just a little bit lighter, even for a moment. So I thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Again, all these posts are at the website, lisamcfarland.com, just using the search button. And I do want to give everyone a heads up um, on this Friday that now that our website, our new website has gone live, which has been a wonderful experience, and thank you for uh, all of your feedback and support, we will be shifting our focus at this point back to the Scars to Metals community, and that's... Um, a community that we're building to actually be able to interact with one another and share experiences and 
resources and um, there will be teaching elements to this. So as we move forward, I will continue to remind everyone, if you haven't already done so, please, please go to scars2metals.com and register yourself, even if it's maybe, you know, I don't want to suggest that we're, you know, not being authentic and using a fake name, but maybe you're just not that comfortable with your grief and you'd like to be part of a community where you can be yourself. (laughs) So maybe you just register with your first name or something like that so that you feel you can actually interact in a way that is authentic and real for you. This is something I'll keep reminding us for. So anyway, Scars to Metals, get set up on that. We will be launching the full Scars to Metals site in the next, I would say, 90 to 120 days. So we have a little bit of time. Um, But the sooner you get in there, the sooner um, we can build our community. I want to build this community with real people. So I'm not spending money on bots. And um, fake, you know, emails and participants, which is certainly a marketing um, choice that people make. And that's just not a choice that I'm willing to make. So scars to metals, go get registered. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And as always, I thank you so much for listening.